The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. O Lord, may your word only be spoken, and may your word only be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. I had the blessing a few weeks ago of attending an event in the honor of Martin Luther King, Jr. And that blessing was hearing a man named Father Gregory Boyle speak. Father Greg, as he's known, is a Jesuit priest and the founder some 25 years ago of a ministry called Homeboy Industries. Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles. And it is the largest and most successful gang intervention program in the country. Works with thousands of gang members, former gang members, current gang members, to help bring them out of that destructive life. The motto of Homeboy Industries is, nothing stops a bullet like a job. Homeboy Bakery, Homegirl Cafe and Catering, Homeboy Maintenance, Homeboy Merchandise, Homeboy Press, and homeboy silkscreen and embroidery are all run by former gang members, uh, and there they learn concrete skills as well as soft skills for future employment. And the proceeds from these enterprises fund a whole variety of needed social services to help these people who want to leave the life of gangs. So I heard Father Greg speak, and I'm going to tell a story that he told in his talk. He talks about uh, when somebody comes to him for a job, he says, I'll give you a job, but you'll have to work with X, Y, and Z. And he names members of gangs that this potential new hire will have to work with. And often the reluctant response is, well, I'll work with them, but I'm not going to talk to them. And so one day, a gang member comes to his office, uh, nicknamed Youngster. He doesn't, there are a lot of these uh, 
young men have, or and young women have nicknames. He didn't explain what the nicknames meant, just what they were called. So this young man's name was Youngster, and he came to Father Greg's office looking for a job, and they went to the silk screening factory to introduce this young man to his 25 new co-workers, all from gangs. And each and every one he was able to step right up to and shake their hands, look them in the eye, except for one. Except for one. One employee he could not shake hands with or even look at. The two of them just looked at their shoes. This man, this one employee, uh, was named Puppet. And the hatred between Youngster and Puppet was so deep and so pervasive that it really wasn't clear if they were going to be able to make this work. So Father Greg's standing there and he sees this deep hatred flow between them and he says, well, you know, um, if this isn't going to work, you really need to let me know because there are lots of people who would like this job. So just let me, let me know. Well, they decided they would give it a try. Six months later, Puppet was doing an errand at the corner store near his home, and he made the mistake of taking a shortcut through an alley to get back to his home. And there he was accosted by ten men from a rival gang who beat him into a coma. He was found much later on the street and rushed to the hospital where, being brain dead, he was put on life support long enough for the family to gather around him. Father Greg was called half a continent away where he was giving a speech and he flew home immediately and went to the hospital to pray with Puppet, for Puppet and his family. And then he went briefly back to his office and when he got there, the phone rang. And it was Youngster, this young man who he could not even look at six months before. Youngster had heard about the beating, and he said to Father Greg, you know, that's messed up. What happened to Puppet? Yes, it is, Father Greg said. Youngster responded with a kind of eagerness in his voice. Is there anything I can do? Can I give him my blood? And there was silence. And Youngster broke the silence, speaking with great deliberation through his tears. He was not my enemy. He was my friend. Jesus says to us this morning, love your enemies. If you're like me, you found that story very moving and inspiring. Proof of the unbelievable, mighty, unstoppable love of God that bridges even the most deep and penetrating hatreds. And you might think, like me, uh, well, that's very nice. It's, it's, it's astounding. It's miraculous. But I don't have any opportunity to practice that kind of love on such a grand and lofty scale as that. That kind of love is for somewhere else, in some other kind of community not like mine. Well, if you're thinking that, like I was thinking that, we'd both be wrong. 
Whether you're in South Central L.A. or in the comfortable, safe suburbs of Concord or another western Boston suburb, it's always hard to love people who are hard to love. For whatever reason, whether because they are enemies or you just don't like them or because they're making your life miserable. Most of us can draw up a list, maybe long, maybe short, of people who make our lives difficult or people upon whom we spend much emotional and mental energy hating or feeling hated by, feeling persecuted by. That list might even include hatred that we have for ourselves, the self inside of us that hates us. There are people by whom we feel persecuted, whether or not this is actually their intention or not. And Jesus says, for all these people on our list, we are to pray. I think the thinking is, is that it's hard to continue to see someone as an enemy if you pray for them regularly. Even if it's a very simple prayer, just lifting them up in a mental image to the, to the light of God that you might imagine in your mind's eye. Just, just simply holding them up. It's hard to keep thinking of them as an enemy if you do that. Well, this is still hard. And a way to help us understand it better, if not make it easier, is to hear this passage from a different translation, one that makes it unavoidable to understand it more deeply and to comprehend it more fully, even if it's still difficult. And I'm going to quote from a translation called The Message. I know I've quoted from it before, and I know Tony has also. It's, strictly speaking, not a translation, which is a word-for-word Greek to English or Hebrew to English uh, translation. It's more of a paraphrase, which is freer with the language. But in the hands of Eugene Peterson, who is the author of this, it's still faithful to the original languages. Peterson uh, was a pastor for three decades of the church and is a writer and also a, a scholar of biblical languages. So he knows what he's doing. So I'm going to read a bit of this passage that we just heard from his translation. No more tit for tat. Live generously. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you. Not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. For this is what God does. God gives the best, sun to warm and rain to nourish. God gives the best to everyone regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner can do that. Expectations for us are high. And when we get to this point in the translation that we have actually in front of us this morning, 
we come across a word that may make your skin crawl, and that word is perfect. We may get tripped up by that word. Perfect. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, if you're like me, when, when I hear that word perfect, my mind goes somewhere else. It goes to some platonic ideal or platonic form out there. Platonic ideal, or you might even call it an idol. Not an ideal, an idol. But it's out there. Some picture of what I should be or ought to be. But it's so far away that no bridge, no matter how long or how strong or how sturdy, will ever get me there. It's out there. But it's probably worth looking to help us a bit at the Greek that's under the word perfect. It is the word teleos, which means whole, undivided, complete. It's derived from the word telos, which means the end or the goal or the purpose. What Jesus means, if I may be so bold, is that we are to live to our purpose. We are to live out of a self that is whole, that is consistent with our best selves, the selves that God created us to be. Peterson calls this the God-created self, not the self that we create, the persona that we put up, or the ideal form out here that we try to reach but can't. The God-created self. The self that God gives to us, the complete self, the undivided self. We can't be perfect in the usual sense of the term. But we can work and pray toward the wholeness that is the purpose and the end that God has for us as we join ourselves bit by bit to Christ through our prayers and through our life together in community. And from this whole self, this God-created self, with prayer and with grace, we can grow in love toward all people, but especially our enemies. Amen.